Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 015. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, where do you find your security in life? It's a need that we all value as human beings, and rightly so, because our survival really does depend on it. But many forces that try and influence us can get us to seek security in the wrong places. This can get us into situations that are, ironically, very insecure. Where does solid security come from? Let's find out. Before you went to bed last night, did anybody check to make sure the doors were locked in the house? Okay, a couple people, good. I won't make any record of anybody who didn't say yes to that. Would anybody choose, given an option, to walk down a dark street late at night as opposed to a bright, well-lit street? No? Okay. Ladies, this one's for you, ladies. You ever have the hairs on the back of your neck start to raise up and everything like that, and you start to maybe hold your purse a little bit closer, a little bit tighter? You ever think about why we do these kinds of things? Not that any of them are bad, but never consider why, maybe how some of these same instincts that will keep us guarded and protected and safe physically, maybe sometimes bleed over into other areas of our lives. Maybe not even in the ways we would want them to. Let's pray together. God, help us. Help us to see you as our all in all. The one who can bless us with everything we need. Help us to, to learn that and see that through your word today. Amen. Well, as I said, these ideas and these practices and these things that we do to keep ourselves safe, they're not bad things. Because we value the idea of security. We like to know, perhaps, where the next meal is going to be coming from. We like to know that we can make it from the car to the front door without getting mugged. Back in the 1950s, a psychologist named Abraham Maslow had tried to define well, what he calls the hierarchy of human needs the things that are most important before we can really start to worry about other goals, etc. And this idea of security is right down there at the bottom, just above food and water and oxygen. I mean, who can really worry about love and goals and becoming all that you are when you're worried about getting shot for going down the wrong street? Certain things you have to have in place. And security is certainly one of those that we rightly desire, that we rightly go after. We ramp up these ideas a little bit and it becomes this idea of hypervigilance. This idea where all of your physical senses are on alert. They're like on ADD and your head's just on a swivel, always looking for where threats could come from. It's particularly a word for the physical sense. These can be good if you're walking down a street in a rough neighborhood. Keep you safe, keep you on alert. But the trick is, sometimes it can be hard to shut that off that idea can start to bleed into other areas of our lives that go beyond just physical safety into all our other kinds of safety and security. Maybe even areas we didn't mean for them to. Out of Hebrews chapter 13, the writer says, Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders 
those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So how can this passage fit into the context of this idea of living a life in focus? And particularly today, in focus on the right things. Well, I have a challenge for anybody who is brave. And I have a challenge for those who are exceptionally brave coming. Sit down sometime, if you happen to be watching TV, and don't fast forward through commercials. If you are exceptionally brave, watch a half hour of the Home Shopping Network. Why do I say this? Because all of these ads will stir up a hundred different ways of discontent in your life. Your phone plan could be better. You need this. Your car could be better. You need this. Your paper towels, your cleaner, your cell phone plan, your TV, all of this could be better. So you need this. It's a mantra of advertising. If you've got a product, find some need that is going to fill or answer. Some problem it's going to fix. And the trick is what they do so well. If there's not a problem, make one. Find some way to get you to be in discontent. For you to be thinking, well, yeah, I want to be happy. Well, then, guess what? You need this and this and this and this and this and this and this. If you want security. Well, I'll tell you what you need. You need this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Your problems are huge. And I got the solution for you. Get us into this idea, this mindset that money, buying things, services, whatever, can fill these needs. Fix these problems. Make us feel more secure, happy, love, have joy, peace. Now that I have completely opened up Pandora's box on the subject of this whole message, who thinks I am going to quote 1 Timothy 6.10 and say money is the root of all evil? Nobody has confidence to say I am going to wildly misquote scripture in this message today. Somebody's read their Bible. The fact is, though I talk about how advertisers will get us to try and spend money to fill needs that maybe we don't even know we have or don't even really have, with things that we don't want or don't need. Money is simply a tool. It's not good or bad by itself. The fact is, many of God's faithful people had plenty of wealth in their lives. Abraham was one, had plenty of things. Job, at least in the first chapter of his story, plenty of things. It's not that money is evil. What First Timothy 6.10 and what the writer of Hebrews says is that the love of money is what gets us into all kinds of evil. Imagine this idea of falling in love. Or remember the idea of falling in love. What's it like? You start thinking about this person constantly. You start maybe planning out the next time you're going to get together. Maybe you even go to extreme and you'll, you'll drive an hour to catch them for five minutes on a lunch break. You'll find ways to sneak their name into a conversation just so you can start to feel those butterflies again. Not a bad thing. Maybe even we can call it good. Certainly exciting. But when that kind of feeling, that kind of laser-sharp focus starts to go to money, well, it gets us really into all kinds of trouble. One of the ways Jesus puts it out in Luke 12, where he talks about a man who, a farmer, he had his silos filled and had a, a bumper crop. 
And it's like, you know what? This is a good problem. What am I going to do with all this extra grain? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my silos. Figure that one out. And I'll build bigger ones. And then I'll stock them up with this bumper crop. And I'll sit back and I'll rest. And life will be merry. There is something that is lost in translation with that story out of Luke 12. We call it the story of the rich fool. I say there's a a loss in translation because fool doesn't really capture it. The problem is I can't really come up with a word that does capture it that I can say in church. So use your imagination. Among all the ways that this can be a thing of foolishness is that can start to box God out. can start to get us to think, first off, as the farmer did, that all this grain I gain by my own hand, by my own ability, by my own hard work. And completely forgetting the God who gave us the gifts to be able to do those kinds of things, to be able to work, who poured rain on the crops. Or let it be dry at the times you need it to be dry so that you can harvest it. It's a fool's mantra who will say, you know what, I have money, now I can rest. Because that's usually when disaster strikes. And all that security and hope that we set into these kinds of things, it can all collapse. Because as the rich farmer is experiences a few, day, a few hours later into the story, his 401k that he is all set on, all my eggs are in this basket, can be burned, can rot, can be consumed, can be stolen. And that is what he is putting his eternal retirement on. And God says, you fool. Something's lost in the translation there. This very day your life will be taken from you. And the life that he was set of being able to retire and and enjoy all his wealth lasts about eight hours. And then it's over. There is certainly something to, to be said for saving, for planning for the future, for being ready. Stories abound within the Bible and, and outside of the Bible that talk about how uh, Joseph, when he was made a second in command to Pharaoh in Egypt, planned Got the vision of what's going to happen. There's going to be a famine in in a couple of years. So stock up. Be ready. And then because they were ready, yes, when the famine came, they were able to, to save lives. There are certainly stories of wisdom in preparing. But in thinking that all our security is set now that the 401k is ready or the, the retirement is ready, well, we all experienced probably about 10 years ago what kind of security that can have. So how do we combat that? Where do we find security that doesn't get eaten or rotted or destroyed or stolen? Out of our memory verse for today, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. How does this give us security when we focus on this? Because it's not affected by the weather. It's not affected by the phases of the moon or you know, a moth can't destroy it. Rot can't destroy it. Thieves can't steal it. So let's kind of break it down a little bit. Just to to know that there's a little more something to this than just a nice phrase. Yesterday. How do we know that that's going to hold up? Well, who did Jesus minister to in his time? Those who didn't have security. Those who were sick. Who knew their health was not a, a form of security. Those who were poor. Out there begging. Knew their 401k, their bank account, wasn't a form of security. Jesus ministered to these people. These were the first ones that Jesus kind of stood in the gap for them. 
How about the future? Doesn't Jesus promise good things? Salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because that one can kind of count as the past as well. But the Jesus who does these good things in the past promises them in the future. The good thing is he does them even today. And when we focus on that and we find our security in that, all the other things kind of start to find their place. We have a proper perspective on them. Let's put it that way. So, where am I going to take this? I said this was your memory verse for today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for a reason, we're going to practice this. Okay? So, let's just, let's just say it together. All as one group. We'll start you off basic. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. All right, hopefully this is stuck in your head and you will not be able to get this out. That's a good thing. Because this week, here's what your next step is. I want you to take this passage. And every time you do some kind of financial transaction, say this passage to yourself. For some of us, we may get a lot of practice doing this. For others, maybe not so much, but at least it'll hopefully be consistent. It'll help us to remind us that our security does not come from the dollar signs, the cent signs, what we have in the bank account of the 401k, but that it comes from Jesus Christ, the one who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Here's the cool thing about it. When you are constantly running this through your head, it will start to pop up in other areas of your life. When you need security, when you need something that's going to hold, that's going to anchor, whatever the weather is going or the phase of the moon are going, it will hold. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And you know what? When it pops back into your head at that time, it's going to be just as true as it was when you wrote the check or swiped your card. Thanks be to God for that truth and that security in the one who is the same yesterday and today and forever. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, one thing that can steal our focus away from what is true, noble, right, pure, and lovely is discouragement. It can ring in our heads like a bad jingle, and even worse, it can grow as our imaginations have a crack at it. You might be surprised at the advice the psalmist gives to get our focus back where it belongs. Find out about it next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.